I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, I'm Ryan. I'm Ivan. And I'm Will. And tonight, we debrief Race Across the World with some of the most iconic contestants. This is the podcast where we watch reality TV, so you don't have to. Welcome to episode 14 of It's Just a Game. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of It's Just a Game, the podcast where we watch reality TV. So you don't have to. Every week I'm joined by my two pretty best friends. Ivan is here. Hello, Ivan. How are you? Hello, Ryan. I'm very well, thank you. I'm sat in a dark room talking to some lovely people and hopefully some very lovely travellers. Oh, I know. And Wilf is here with us as well. Hello, Wilf. How are you What's doing? What's going on, Ryan? I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm good. I, I have nothing to elaborate on. I don't believe you, Will. You know when someone's like, how's your life? And you're like, yeah, it's good. What do you want want from me, Ryan? Actually, I have got something really good to tell you guys. Go on. Oh, go on. I've got some new slippers, and on the side they say Greg's, and they've got the Greg's logo on them. That's the best thing that's happened to me for ages. I'm calling the fashion police. Uh... Yeah, I already know, mate. They they gave them to me. That's... (laughs) Now, if you're just joining us, this podcast is all about reality games. Every week, we look at the winning strategies, the most iconic moments, and the best drama. Tonight, we finish all the brief of Race Across the World with two of our favorite players. As always, be warned, we are entering a spoiler zone. If you haven't seen Series 3 of Race Across the World, go away and come back when you're done. If you have seen it, let me introduce our second pair, father and daughter Laddie and Monique. Together, they also went from Vancouver to St. John's in an epic race. Along the way, they saw wildlife, they drove windowless RVs, they cleaned boats, they served pizzas, and they drew an unbeatable bond. They entered the final leg with the biggest budget, but sadly could not quite make up the miles that separated them from the top position. Today, they tell us about the race, their incredible bond, and the memories they shared along the way. Hello, Laddie and Monique. It's so nice to have you here with us today. How are you? Hi! Hello! 
<laughs> oh, honestly, it's just so good to have the, the two of you here. Like, mm. I, I was saying when I watched the series, like seeing your relationship, your father-daughter relationship, it was just like, it made me feel all kinds of way. It was like, this is, like, this is the sort of relationship I wish I had with my father. Um, oh. Honestly, it's just like, it was amazing um, seeing the two of you. Oh, that's really nice to hear. We've had such positive feedback as well. Obviously, for me and dad, it's just, they're just me and dad. So, but it's really nice to hear such positiveness. It's really nice. Yeah, the positive feedback has been kind of like a bit, a bit um, uh, overwhelming, but I'm like, really? Really? So, but mate, Laddie's sitting there and everyone keeps it. Listen, I'm a dad too, right? So Laddie's sitting there with people going, excuse me, how do I be a dad? <laughs> and Laddie's just like, I don't know, bro, just be a dad. <laughs> you know what? I was... I was thinking, right? So, Laddie, you, you, we we talk about your father-daughter relationship. Well, both of you guys, yeah. And you must have had a relationship before you went in, obviously, um, that was specific. But how has that changed since the race? Or if not, then that's fine. But has it changed at all? No, I don't think our relationship has changed. It's, it's you know, um, uh, business as usual with, with me and Monique. Mom says, Dad, I want this, and I groan and think, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, I'm, uh, I bow to the pressure of Mon, innit? You know, Dad, I want this. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, but no, our relationship has always been solid. Um, you know, we don't argue. We don't anything else like that. No. Yeah, we have differences of opinion, um, but it's the all debatable. That's, that's where it's at at the end of the day. It's all debatable. It's all very adult. Yes, all very adult. Admittedly, I'm still the father, yeah. Um, but outside of that, yeah, it's all very adult. It's all good. But that's, you know, you're saying that as if that's obvious, but I don't think that is obvious for a lot of fathers and daughters, no matter how old the daughter is. To be able to treat uh, Monique like the adult you did throughout the show shows me a huge amount of maturity for both of you. I mean, here am I calling you mature, laddie. I'm sorry, that's very rude. You know, but you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> there is, there's, there's an incredible level of respect that we saw throughout the entire thing. And, I, you know, I, I, was, was, that earned, was that always the case? Or was that earned during the, during the road? Um. I, I, I think that I've always had a healthy respect for Monique, yeah? I mean, she's a very, very savvy, smart girl. However, there, you know, there are moments in which you think, what the hell? What are you thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The trip actually kind of, like, um, uh, helped me to impart some worldly information and advice that, may have you know normally have gone straight over her head um but it also showed me that you know what this girl has got a deeper lot of skills uh, when i was watching it and there was such like uh like monique would do something and it seemed like it surprised you like you thought she would do something in a certain way and when you gave her responsibility and then monique would go out and do it it was just such like a oh okay she she can like it was so nice to watch. Yeah, it, it for for me definitely um so life affirming in the sense that I know that she'll be all right in whatever she's gonna do yeah and wherever she's gonna go and it's like you know what it's almost like pat myself on the back job done you know <laughs> she can go out you know and and she'll be all right and if I'm not there she's still gonna be all right so. Yeah, it was it was really sweet seeing all of those moments and, and you know, watching it back even more so it's like, 
yeah, that's my girl, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, talking about your adventure, I actually want to talk about your race because you were incredible in the race, but we know there's a lot of things happening over these 51, 52 days. So I want to know, um, what was your favorite moment? And maybe we'll talk about your least favorite in a minute. But first, I want to know, both of you, if you had to pick one favorite time, one favorite moment on this adventure, what would it be? Mm, I think there, it's hard to pick a favorite because there are so many. And just as you think, oh, that was that was epic. Something else goes and tops it. And we had such an amazing journey. So it, it is hard to pinpoint one thing. But I think for me, when me and dad were canoeing on Waskasu Lake, that was that was a top tier moment for me. And I think it's because I got to connect with dad on a deeper level as an adult that, and we probably wouldn't have had that opportunity or done something like that in the normal world. I say the normal world, like Canada's not normal, but like <laughs> in like everyday life, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to like sit down and have a conversation with your dad or, or your parent um, about, their childhood, why they are the person they are today. And I think it just gave me a newfound respect for my dad, even though I always, always respected my dad. I think it just let me have a deeper understanding as to who the man dad is and why he is the way he is. So I think, yeah, that, that was quite special for me. Brilliant. Like, I hope, I hope my daughters at some point I could do something like this with my daughters. Yeah, and like... definitely. And I think that was one of my main motivations for going on the race because I don't know when I'm going to have that time with my dad again. And even post-race, like as, as much as we're close, we've still got our separate lives. So I really appreciated having that time, not having your phone, not having any other distractions. It was just me and dad. And I think that's like a core memory that I'll treasure forever. That's so wholesome. Oh, oh my God, I've just died. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> This is the question, though. Do you still have wholesome times now? Do you still have times where you meet up and go, no phones, Dad, let's have some time? Or not yet? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I can't lie. I do live on my phone. And I still don't, I do need to get better at it. But in the same breath, since coming off the show, I'm the one that's teaching Dad how to use social media and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, you know, every cloud. I think it's of a course. good thing that we're on our phones. And I think I've done them a, a bang tidy job with a couple of the posts, so you know. Hey, <laughs> so Monique's your consultant now. <laughs> Honestly, like your race was amazing, but there must also have been maybe your least favorite moment. What would you say that was in, in comparison to that? Ooh. So um, I think there was a point in Toronto where we were traipsing around Toronto trying to get out to our next destination. And I was very conscious of Monique's um, um, foot, um, her yeah. injury, and couldn't be on that foot for some time. And it was just like, oh, God, get us out of here, you know? Um, so that was the least favourite moment. Um, I think overall, if, you, if you're looking for car shares as well, those were least favourite moments, especially where we got the ride share from Whistleboss. Um, <laughs> yeah, where that was, but Whistleboss, that, that was a, a great moment for me. Um, but that whole episode being at that gas station trying to get a lift was just, it was just really toxic, really toxic. You seem like uh, somebody who's good at building rapport with people. So did you find it awkward, you know, when you was in the, like the car shares and that sort of stuff or getting lifts, did you find it awkward? Uh, 
I always used, so I would make dad sit at the front so he could do all the talking. Dad sit at the back so I could fall asleep. <laughs> so dad's done a really good job of um, building that rapport with people. I don't know about what you'd say, dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I don't mind talking. I'll talk for, for, forever if necessary. Um, so I didn't find that part in terms of forming relationships with people because the mere fact that they've agreed to, 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 to ride share, you know, give you a ride share, is almost an indication that they are sociable, they're hospitable, they want to talk, they want to engage in, in some form of relationship with you. So that's easy. I think, I think it's those who um, have kind of like blatantly shut you down before you've even said anything or even, or even, yeah, or even indicated that that's what you're looking for. For all you know, I could be like asking for a direction and it's just like, no, no, don't talk to me or wind up your window or turn your back on you and things like that. It's, those are the most disheartening kind of like moments. But to engage with people randomly, yeah, it's all right. I, I find that quite easy. Well, I want to ask more about Wizzle. Did you say Wizzle Boss? Is that his name, Wizzle Boss? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Wizzle Boss. I mean, amazing. All right. So you, that was that for me was was a defining moment of the season. So you had been experiencing some you said insidious. It's it, let's call it what it was racism. Right. And we oh, were uh, we were seeing that through your eyes. And maybe maybe you experienced that through the whole journey or maybe just that day particularly. But that must have been fascinating for you. And I, if, if you feel OK sharing, I would love to know how you feel your culture and also your appearance affected the entire race, but also then on the flip side of that, how it felt to be able to make connections, real connections with people where that no longer mattered. Look, without a shadow of a doubt, we faced racism, yeah. Anywhere that we went to get a, shot, uh, a ride here somewhere, we did face racism in, in certain places. Certain places, people were just hospitable, you know, even though they couldn't help you out, they were they were really kind about it and really engaging about it still, you know, but there were other peoples that were just downright nasty and you know that. Um, it's not nice, but you accept it for what it is, yeah? But to keep repeating and putting yourself in that situation is, that's the hardest because yeah. back home, you wouldn't do that. You know, you've you got to knock back once and it's like, no, I've got my own means to get wherever I need to get to or whatever, you know? So, but in this race, in this journey, you had to keep putting yourself back in that situation time and time again. So that was the real horribleness of it all, you know? And as a father, you don't want your daughter or your, your children to go through that. You try to protect them as best as you can, yeah? It's like, this is the game. We've got to play it as best as we can. I mean, they are beautiful people out there in Canada. I mean, absolutely beautiful. I mean, literally brought me tears some of the kindness that was shown to us, you know. Sorry. So yeah, for, seen, for me, that, yeah. it, it is like, you know, for there are bad people in the world, but I truly do believe that there are more good people than bad, you know, and our journey showed us that. It's lovely. And I just want to touch on one thing that really great grated me as you said that is the fact that when you were going through this race you had to just tolerate it and i just i just don't for me that's toler tolerance is like it's one of the british values right tolerance have you opened a newspaper wolf we should, <laughs> don't care but we shouldn't tolerate certain things and to be somebody like from an ethnic minority to have to just tolerate it just to get through it like that's that's it's not right like in my, like it must have been 
harder for you to to go through that because people must other people taking part in the race wouldn't have the the prejudice the prejudice sorry that that other people would have had sorry my english is not great no. but i'm trying to, I'm tr- i was i was trying to buffer as i was speaking <laughs> to hit the word limit I'm, 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 but i buffer quite a lot yeah it takes me time to get my words out but do, do you get what i mean like to- tolerating yeah. that stuff yeah tolerance is just ugh. i hear what you're yeah. saying and i think for me and i do this in my everyday life you sort of have to think of it as you're not tolerating it but you're just allowing other people to have their opinions and have their prejudice because you can't change everyone no matter how much you speak about how you feel no matter how much people see it there's no like you actually can't change everyone so there's no point dwelling on negativity why would i allow the negative things that happened affect us because then that my outlook and my memories from the race would have been tarnished in a sense so I yeah. think in life, you just have to have a positive outlook sometimes and think, well, that's your opinion, that's your ideas, it's not mine, and I'm just going to get on with it and have the best time that I can, I can because you can only control what you do. Yeah, and I suppose with someone who's so stuck in their ways, if you're going to try to change their opinion, it might just make them even more f- set firmly in their beliefs because they're that prejudiced already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you have to pick the battles. Sometimes yeah. there's no point, just... Like, I can't change other people's opinions. The only thing I can change is what I do. And I'm going to choose to enjoy this and enjoy this time with my dad. And positive things will happen, like Whistleboss and all the other people <laughs> on our way. So, and the, and the thing is, like, we go for it and we do everything we can. And But let's not speak about it too much because then we're playing a card. That pisses oh, me off, man. It oh pisses me God. off. I'm glad you said that. Oh. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because since coming off the show, obviously other people have been on radio interviews and things like that. And I think some people have poked and said that we're bringing out, you know, there's this card. And I said to dad, like, where's this card? Like, if there's a get out of jail free card, I want it. But there is no card. So, like, I just... I don't, where's, excuse me, where's, where's my card, bro? That's not my card. <laughs> hey! I wonder who said that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Uh, they were like, now I want to move on to talk about um, the rest of your race generally. And I think something I really enjoyed in your relationship was how in some legs, uh, Laddie were taking the lead in other legs, Monique, you were taking the lead. Uh, you just let the other one take the lead and somebody else would be the sort of passenger. Was this an act of choice? Was it something you consciously did? Or, and how easy did you find it to just trust each other in that, in that, sort, of, uh, in that sort of time, the sort of movement, really? I think for me, it really was about, you know, 
giving Monique the lead. I wanted her to be the leader, experience these things, you know, show me what you can do, sweetheart, you know, do everything, you know, be the, be the person that I believe you to be. And that's how it was. I mean, at the beginning of the race, most of the time it was me that took on board the lead role, but you know, third of the way in, no, oh, this is you, Monique, you, you plan, you do what you need to do. Yeah. And I'll back you, whatever you're going to do, I'll back you. You know, budgetary wise, we had a strategy at the beginning. We stuck by it. She was the, um, uh, you know, the attorney general, um, the <laughs> treasurer, the everything. Yeah. I mean, so much so that, you know, I couldn't even get oranges on, on the journey at all. I mean, not one. Not one. I could have been suffering from scurvy and this girl would not have allowed me to... I mean, it's a cost of living crisis, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, it, it really was. Um, I, I, I really did, you know, want Monique to be in charge, take that lead and, and you know, navigate herself and me through this journey. And she done absolutely blinding. Monique. Don't think we didn't notice that you spent exactly 12.5% of your budget each episode and there were eight episodes. We noticed and we appreciated it. <laughs> I was so meticulous. I literally like wrote everything to the cent. If that orange, that orange must have been like 50 cent over budget. I was like, Dad, put it back. <laughs> but you can have this tangerine for a quarter of the price. <laughs> but so, saying that, guys, like um, in terms of your your journey, you're talking about your journey. What contestants did you get on with the most? Oh, Ooh, no, silence! No, no, no. Silence! Oh my god! <laughs> no, Come on! Come on! <laughs> I think that we 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 were, you know, for me because we had shared, um, we were all going through the same thing. Yeah, you already bond with everybody, but I think mm. for for us as father and daughter, we bonded with Kevin and and Claudia as father and daughter. Yes, they had their their challenges between themselves and their relationship is very different from our own. However, you know, just just another father-daughter relationship there. Yeah, we really bonded with them. It was re really cool. Was there any differences between your relationship with your daughter and Kevin and Claudia? Was there, did you, was there anything that you could specifically see? I mean, they, they've had their own traumatic experiences through life and through, you know, blended families, separated families and things like that. And and so I, I understand all of that, 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 that they would be going through there. Um, I suppose that for me, I've always been around my children, always, you know, regardless of what the status of my relationship has been with, with their mother, um, I've always been around with my children. And you know, that's the result of me not having that perfect 2.5 family, two, two, two parents inside, well, you know, so my thing was about being around them. Yeah. And that's brilliant, you know, because whenever I meet with friends and they tell me that their parents are still together, I'm like, what? Your parents are together? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it doesn't take a perfect family unit to make perfect children. That's right. It, it, do you know what I mean? Sometimes the split, for me, the split in my family was better for me in the long run. So I also think it's down to the individual as well, because me and Claudia were similar in the fact that both our parents were um, separated at like a young age. But I guess for me, 
when my parents separated, I was like, oh my gosh, two bedrooms, two presents at Christmas, two yeah. birthdays, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I guess that's me as an individual. My outlook was completely different to someone that thought, oh my God, this is really tough. So I think it just, it's down to the individual as well and how their dynamic, although you may be similar, it could be completely different. Yeah. All right, let's talk strategy, guys. So, you know, you came third, bloody brilliant. You got to the finish line. That's a massive achievement in itself. What made you different from the other teams? What did you do that they didn't think of? What are you most proud of in terms of your game plan and strategy? One thing I would say, and I think it helped me and dad save a lot of money, is I just had to suck it up in camp. We camped a lot. I think it was the, I'm not sure what leg it was in, but we got all our camping gear for free because we uh, met this lo lovely, lovely woman named lovely Liz. Liz. She, uh, yeah, she helped us out. In terrace. Yeah. And I think we, we roughed it. And I think initially I was like, no, I'm not going to rough it. I'm going to come across a millionaire and he's going to help us stay in like a nice hotel. But like reality set in and I was like, Monique, <laughs> even though you don't like it, you're just going to have to do it. And I think we had to camp. And there was times where it's like, paying for a hotel or motel, whatever, or camping, which was a cheaper alternative. And I think that really helped us, but budget-wise anyway. It's only impossible when you're stuck in a city because you can't camp in a city. So it only works when you're in a rural place, right? Yeah, but then we was in a city. Um, what was that small city where, I think it was the biggest city in Canada or something. And there were campsites. I think because Canada is so vast, you do find little pockets of places. And I think when we were in cities, like Toronto, we just had to do overnight buses. I'm imagining you in like a park in the middle of Toronto, just pitching your tent amongst the pigeons. Just be like, sun's going down, time to pitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't quite like that, but we did, we did pitch and we did see skylines whilst camping because there were mm. like many places where you could camp. And I think we just used that to our advantage, I think. That's awesome. <laughs> I guess I've got to ask, did you at any point consider maybe uh, using mind games with the other contestants, you know, saying you had m more money than you did or stuff like that? Or were you always just playing the fair game? I think that we were very, um, very, very, very um, particular about what information that we would, we would, we would speak about. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, we wasn't broadcasting how much money we had or hadn't got, you know, uh, or had. Um, we wasn't broadcasting, you know, our strategy overall in terms of, you know, um, budgetary wise or anything else like that. I mean, we it just certain things that we just wouldn't really talk about, you know, and we talk about our journey. We've got to lift here. We stayed here. We done this, mm. you know, but outside of that, yeah, you know. You just arrive in Quebec and you're like, oh, how much money do you guys have left? Oh, we've got 12%. What about you? Oh, 98%. <laughs> we've actually made a profit. Yeah, we had this amazingly lucrative job. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually, do you know I mean, we've, we've actually made loads of money since we've been here. We're you thinking so, of staying on the race forever. Yeah, so I, I met a millionaire. He, he let us uh, crash his players. We murdered him and now we're millionaires. That's how it works. <laughs> so talking, talking about the journey, and the, the strategies and stuff. If, uh, if you could do it again, what would you do differently? Mm. Oh. I think I wouldn't be so hesitant to get stuck in too early. Cause I think, and I think we learned that along the way, like mm. with decision-making, sometimes we'd um and ah about it. And that time that we'd spent dwindling, 
we'd like miss the last ticket on a bus, for example, like in Quebec, was it Quebec City? I think yeah, Kathleen yeah. Trish got the last ticket on the bus and it's because, but we were actually at the checkpoint first. So we were able to leave first, but we spent so much time thinking, oh, maybe this is the best thing or maybe rather than just going and going with your gut instincts that we missed out on little things. So I think if I, what, if I knew what I know now, if I knew now, if yeah, I, if good. I was to do it again, <laughs> I'd just be a bit more ballsy from the beginning and just think, go with it. And if it goes wrong, you'll learn the next leg, but just always go for it. Mm, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, I think we ran a great race. Um, yes, if we had got stuck in very early and made some very snappy decisions very quickly, things would have turned out different or may have turned out differently. Um, but yeah, like I, I was, I was pleased with the decisions that we had made along the way. It wasn't like we made some really fundamental, stupid mistakes or anything else like that. No, you know. Oh, well, honestly, um, it's been brilliant having you. And my, my last question really is, I want to ask what's next for both of you. I've, I've heard there's a, there's a podcast on the way, something like that. Yes, there is a podcast on the way. It's called Generations Unplugged, the father-daughter exchange. And I think me and dad just love spending time with each other. So we thought, why not do a podcast and uh, just talk about life, travel, and hear it from two different perspectives, generational, generation-wise. Um, so we've got some great guests lined up. And I'll be giving my laddie life lessons. Oh, yeah. Hey, here we go. This is what you've been... People have been asking about Laddie's life, aren't, haven't they? That's all you get in your DMs, isn't it? What, what's your life been like, Laddie? How to be a dad, Laddie? <laughs> I don't know, Wolf, I feel like you're asking the question for, for, for yourself here. Yeah, I am. How do I be a dad, man? How do you do it? How do you do it? Dad, bring out a book. Bring out a manual at the end of the year. Laddie's daddy money. Yay! I love that. Laddie's daddy money. There you go. Before you use that, just know that in the 15 seconds that have occurred since I've been it, we have trademarked it. <laughs> uh, look, if you're listening to the podcast right now, you go on your favorite podcast app and you put this podcast in the queue right now and you listen to it next. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you so much, Ladi and Monique, for, uh, for being here with us uh, today. It's been honestly amazing. Like, I, we just... Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Such a good duo like to see on, on Race Across the World. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Now we'll be back very soon to chat about reality TV some more on the podcast where we watch reality TV so you don't have to. If you're listening, you know the drill. You give us a five-star review and then you give the podcast that Laddie and Monique have just launched a five-star review as well. You follow us. You, if you're watching, you like and subscribe. Uh, and if you want to see, you know, the beautiful people hiding behind these incredible voices, you can follow us on social media at itsjustagame.podcast. Until next week, I'm Ryan Rashidi. Uh, you can follow me at... Oh, I didn't come up with a joke this time. <laughs> I'm Ivan. You can follow me at Generations Unhinged, the Ivan and his weird dad story. Uh, my name is Will. You can follow me at Laddie's Daddy Manny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Monique. And you can follow me at Monique Renee X on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And I am Laddie Ajay, and you can follow me at Laddie Ajay on Instagram, and I do believe on Facebook as well, and on LinkedIn too. I think it's yes. the first time we've ever dropped a LinkedIn on It's Just a Game, and I <laughs> if love anybody that. wants me as a consultant, five million pounds a day, bro, <laughs> do it! And from all of us here, it's see you very soon, and goodbye! Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.